And that when we sing out our name, Jesus, there's power in your name, Jesus, and that's why we sing it out. Hallelujah. Sing it out, Jesus. Thank you. 
Oh, that makes me to celebrate, man. Alright, so I'm gonna see more of your friends here. You don't celebrate, that means your friends are on summer break. Invite more people. This house should be packed. Come on, somebody. And we have a vision here, loving God, loving people. If you don't love God, then you have a problem loving people. That's the two greatest commandments that God gave us. Then we got a strategy here, which is connect mentors, and we're gonna connect you to the cross by our life group. We got the ambassadors. Woo! I gotta start over. We got the ambassadors. Damn. And then we got the resistance. Yeah, it sounds like someone's dying. Um, and then we got the Rex TVD. Alright, and then we're going to mentor you on 101. And then we're going to go into 201. And then we're going to send you out to make disciples that make disciples. And then we have a goal, which is 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. Can you believe in that? Say amen. Hey man, you all are a part of that. Everybody here is a part of that. And then we have Heroes of the Face, which is the sermon series that is starting today. <laughs> that was so random. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the lock in. Before it gets turned up on me again, we got the lock in. Bring your permission slips in. Who here is a brother of religious living? Who here is going to the lock in? Woo! Okay, so if you're going, you need a permission slip. That is this Friday. Next Friday. I got the mic speed confiscated. Oh, I just want to say, right? How many people want to go to the lock in? Put your hands up, right? So, you know, we understand it's summer break, right? We know it's summer break. We do a whole bunch of things. How many people do a lot of things summer break, right? So the thing is, right, what we want to do, because you guys forget things like that, you guys can also, if you know you're coming for sure, for sure, get with the leader, Ashley or Carol. They can call your mom on the phone and get permission right there to sign the uh, the permission slip right there and there that they can give your parents the details of, of this event blocking, right? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So today, before you guys leave, Meet up with Carol. Carol, take a stand. Come on, give it up to Carol. Right, and then we got Ashley in the back. Ashley, you see the way. Ashley right there. Talk to either of these young ladies, right? Call your mama. We're like, mama, look, we got a thing going on. I need permission. They just need permission to sign your name on there. This is what's happening. The leader has to talk to your mom, though. We got to make sure you're not talking to Big Sally in the corner, right? Who's selling drugs? We got to talk to mama, right? Mama in the house, all right? How many with that? Praise the Lord, man. Amen, amen. There it is, straight from the pastor's mouth, so don't mess that up. And then we got Star Rock, which is our campy trip in August 12th and 13th. We're going to go out. We're going to have an amazing time. And if you want to go to this, we're going to need $15 per person. Get that in as soon as possible so you can get out there, because I'm telling you, it's going to be the best time of your life. And if you think something's better, well, then you're wrong, because this is the best thing that will ever happen. Amen? All right, amen. And then we have tithes and offerings. There it is. Okay, can you stand to your feet for tithes and offerings? Give me, oh, okay. I thought you were going to turn it up right there, but it's okay. It's just random. It's just, there it is. Who knows what a tithe is? Oh, she wasn't ready for the mic. What's the tithe? Amen, amen. Oh my gosh, I'm okay. All right, what's the offering? Ooh, okay. Whatever you want to give after the time. 
about that, about your prayer life, right? We got one hand over here, two hands, three hands. Come on, somebody, a few more hands coming up, right? Literally, I was talking to somebody today, a brother in Christ, Jose Viesco, we out to lunch, man. And I, I've been telling everybody else, that sermon, I don't know about you guys, but me, and I was the one who preached it, it literally changed my life. Amen. It changed my whole perspective on prayer. It changed my perspective on how I live my life unto Jesus. Not like for tomorrow, but today. Every single day, one day at a time. What is my mind going through? What is my heart going through? If you guys missed that series, I would encourage you guys. Go on uh, mpichurch.org and go into the, the, the sermon history and look up that series. It will bless your life like it blessed my life. Amen. So now we're moving on, though. We're going on to faith, right? So we're on a mission. We learned about faith. We learned about, I mean, we learned about prayer. And, well, first we, we kicked it off since I've been uh, the pastor here now at Elevate. We kicked it off on how to know God better, right? How to know yourself and just knowing God all together. Then after that, our, our next series was uh, uh, Let Us Pray, right? So we started praying. And then now it's in faith. And I believe, I would just sit here and just kind of like put, put names in a cup and stir it around and take it out like, oh, here goes the next series. That does not happen in my life. If you guys know me, you know I'm not operating like that. I operate off of faith in Jesus Christ as he leads me to do sermons, preaching, things like that. And I believe that if you guys get on the train of the Holy Spirit, that your life will be changed as you continue to come to Elevate. I honestly and truly believe that with all my heart, that if you would just listen and be still and know that God is God, that God will begin to change your life here in Elevate. As you hear the message, as you worship God and do what he is calling you to do through the leaders and through the preaching of the word, through the worship, your lives can be changed and transformed in Jesus Christ. And I'd be totally real. Amen. Not just trying to get kudos to elevators. Other churches doing awesome things. But I believe here, in this church right here, God is doing amazing things. And all you gotta do is get on the train and let's go, let's go toward home together. Amen. Praise God. If you can open up your Bibles, those of you who have Bibles, electronic Bibles. Today, you know, I have my uh my uh my Bible, my tangible Bible, right? Some of you guys don't even know what this is. Some of you guys probably think this is like an artifact. Like, where did he find that thing? Because that is not in this world anymore, right? I did not dig this thing up, right, in Arizona somewhere. This is a Bible, right? I love a tangible Bible. That's my study Bible. I love it. Get you guys one. Right? We sell them in, in the church. If you guys can afford it, we will buy it for you, all right? If you don't have a Bible, make sure you get one today. Open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. While you do that, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord God, for today, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for the passion you fill me up with every day, God, to preach your word, Lord God, to come up here, Lord God, whether it be I'm tired in the flesh, whether I have a long week at work, God Almighty, it's all unto you, God. And I pray that now, God, you would have your way, Lord. I ask, Father God, that you would use me as a vessel of honor, Lord God, to preach your word, Lord God. Let me be, Lord God, the oracle, Lord God, to speak your word straight from your throne, Lord God, to your people and to myself, God. Your instructions, Lord God, your character, your virtues, how you are, God. And that, Lord God, as I get to know you, God, that I will make you known, God. Have your way in this place, God. Touch every heart, Lord God. Every mind, Lord God. Every distraction, I pray that you would remove it in the name of Jesus, God. And that right now, God. Lord, you will capture the hearts, Lord God. Capture the minds of your people in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen, amen. Come on, somebody, right? So we're starting off right here, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. 
And this is what it says. I don't have any slides up here. So if you guys don't have a phone or with you, something like that, team up with somebody that has a phone or a Bible. You guys need time to do that? Or you guys just want to listen? <laughs> man, he's like, dude, just, just do it. Just do it. Right, I'm going to do it, man. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Can you go ahead and put those scriptures up here, uh, Joby? No, you're at Hebrews chapter 11. You can just keep that uh, those that uh, that passage up there. It says, "I'm gonna start over." It says, "Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see." Verse two. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when, he, when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from his life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Today I want to answer four questions that I believe are basic foundational questions that we all need answered. So if I sit here and I ask you guys, you know, like, who has faith inside this room? Raise your hand. That was like that like gym, for real. Right? If you have faith, raise, or if you think you have faith, raise your hand. Right? Let's try it again. Yes. Bam, bam. Right? Everybody in here says they have faith. Right? So the question then is, is your faith real? Is your faith genuine, biblical faith? Or is it just the faith, the same faith that you believe in the Constitution? Or for that matter, I can't even use that example, but the same faith you believe that there was an Abraham Lincoln. How many believe there was an Abraham Lincoln? Right? We've got a couple people, some people, conspiracy theory, or whatever. <laughs> he exists, right? Abraham Lincoln, we're talking about here. Come on, somebody. So the thing is, right, I want to ask four questions, and I want to answer these four questions. And I need you guys today to really, really pay attention to this because it's vital, vital. Without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. To go even further, without faith in Jesus Christ, genuine faith, nobody in this room will go to heaven. How many think, just knowing that, how many think faith is important? Right? Pretty important, right? Because without it, you're going to hell. I'm just plain simple. You're going to hell without faith. But check this out. These four questions. Why faith? What is real faith? What are the effects of faith? And what fuels our faith? Those four questions are the questions that I want to talk about tonight. And I need you guys to really pay attention to what's about to go down. That's why I put those slides up, because I just want you guys to pay attention. I don't want you guys to be distracted by anything. This is vital to the rest of these sermon series that we're going to be doing every Friday. Definition of faith. Allegiance. Allegiance means loyalty to duty or a person. Belief and trust in and loyalty to God without question. Let me say that again. Definition of faith. Allegiance means loyalty to duty or a person. So loyalty to duty or a person. The other definition is belief and trust in and loyalty to God 
without question. Just right there, the last part of the definition when it comes down to faith, without question, if you ask yourself, do I believe in God or have faith in God? Without question. If I lost my job today, do I still believe that God is who he says he is? He's a provider without question. But when I begin to get scared, when I begin to doubt, because see, that would then determine if your faith is genuine or loyal faith in God Almighty. You see, when you start hearing these things, you've got to start asking yourself then, do I have genuine faith? Do I have real faith? Or do I question God? When God says, son, daughter, don't go that way. Son, daughter, don't mess with that girl. Don't mess with that dude, right? Don't smoke that weed. Don't curse. Watch your language. Watch these people. Do we have faith enough to say, God, I'm not going to question what you're saying. I believe what you're saying is right. I'm going to go this way. Or do we begin to question God? And we reason within ourselves and say, well, it don't look like much of a bad person, right? She don't look that bad. I mean, she looks good, if anything, right? I mean, she may not be a Jesus freak, but man, she looks good. She looks innocent, right? Do we begin to question God like that, right? And for some of us adults, when it goes down to marrying that somebody or pricking that somebody to get married, and God is like, that is not the one, son. Do not mess with this person. Man, God, but I like him so much. I feel like I love him, God. And we begin to question God. Do we still have genuine faith? Let's go on. That's just the definition. So I want to ask you guys, in light of this, right, the definition, things like that, why faith? Why would God choose faith? Faith to get us into heaven. Why would God choose faith? Everything is about faith according to the Bible. The Bible says in Hebrews that it's from faith from first to last, meaning the day you got saved is faith, and the day you die, all in between, even to the end, it has to be done by faith. Why is that? Have you guys ever asked yourself that question? Why faith? Why do I have to believe? Why do I need faith? Have you guys ever asked that question? Right? Put a show of hands. How many people ask that question to themselves? Why faith? Right? A lot of us don't answer that. We only had three people, four people raise their hand. But a lot of us really don't ask that question. We just kind of jump out the window like, well, faith, I, I think I know what it is. Ah, and we fall. And to this day, we're still falling. Oh, man. Falling, falling, falling into this sin, falling into that sin, falling into religious, religiosity, falling into the laws, falling into all this other stuff, but never falling really into the hands of God. Do we have genuine faith? So why faith? God, why faith, Lord? And I believe there's two reasons, and these are just my reasons. This is not like gospel, bam, bam, my, my, my way is the only way. Just two reasons that I believe God chose faith. And the first one is free will. Yep. Free will. How many believe you got free will? Amen. If you don't believe you have free will, run into this wall right now. Okay? That means you have free will. Nobody ran into this wall. You have free will. Free will is making your own choices, doing whatever you want to do. That is free will. Living the way you want to live. That is free will. Being good when you want to be good, being bad when you want to be bad. That you have a choice is free will. If you don't believe me, this is what the Bible says. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. It talks about Adam and Eve, and God tells them, eat any tree except the tree in the middle, right? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. What did these dudes do? They ate the tree. Who's that, Corey? Corey, what's up, man? So they ate the tree, just like Corey said. They ate from the tree, and they practiced free will. Even though God said, if you eat of that tree, you will surely, you will surely die. But yet, still, they went and ate of the tree. Did they die, literally? 
No, but they died spiritually. The relationship was broken with God, but exhibited free will. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Right there, Moses giving laws to the people of God, and he says, I set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing, and encourage them to choose life or death. Right? He says, in the end, he says, man, choose life, right? So it can be better for you for your life. But as we know, if you read the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, you realize they end up choosing death and doing what you wanted to do, exhibiting their free will. So we have free will. Another verse, popular verse, John 3.16, right? How many know John 3.16? Yeah. Right? Oh, listen, come on, say it for us real fast. Come on, girl. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever leaves the pension on perish forever. Woo! My dear friend, Yes! So the thing is, right there in that verse, it talks about free will. It talks about whosoever believes. Meaning, not everybody's going to believe, but whoever chooses to believe, they will be saved and, and have eternal life. Free will, family. Free will. Why is free will important? Why did God choose faith in, in, in the face of free will? Because then we have a choice now to really believe in God or not. It's a choice. We're not robots. Meaning that God is not going to come up to you, press a button or whatever, raise your arm, then your leg, wiggle the toe, bam, all of a sudden your, 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 your mind flips, and now you're his robot believing in God. It's not real. It won't be genuine if you were just robots. So free will, he allowed us to have. So that he made faith to go against that part, meaning you have to now choose to believe and have faith in God. It's not going to be forced upon you. Second reason, the law. The, and the law, what I'm talking about, is 613 laws in the Old Testament. That's how many laws they were. There weren't just 10. There were 613 laws. Right? Ten Commandments is the main one we go through to kind of break down all the rest of them. Right? Ten Commandments, they're solid. Right? How many know the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Read your Bibles. One, two, three. Right? Okay, it's good. It's good. Right? Ten Commandments, all right? Basic commandments, don't do these things, that's what it is, right? Galatians 3, 19-29 says, The law was only given to show us how sinful we are and how much we needed a Savior. That was, the law was just a babysitter to show us, if I want here, you'll be all jacked up. And even though I am here, you're still jacked up. It was a babysitter to let us know how awful and sinful we are. It was never intended to save you. It was never intended to make you right with God. It was only to show you how sinful you were and how much of a need you need a Savior. That's what the purpose of the law was. It wasn't to start doing things on your own. Well, if I keep the law, I'm going to go to heaven. No, it wasn't like that. It never made anyone righteous. Righteous meaning in right standing with God because nobody was able to keep them in their entirety. They may be able to keep one law like, well, I didn't kill nobody. How many people killed anybody in there? Thank God. Hallelujah. How many people hate somebody right now? You're a murderer. The Bible says you are a murderer. If you hate your brother or sister, it is the same as murder. So we do have some murders in the house, right? Some literal and some just hate people. It's okay. God loves you and wants to forgive you, right? Some say, well, if God is real, then why doesn't he sh just show himself to me right now? Right? How many, how many people said that? If God is real, then he should just show himself to me right now. Well, if he did do that, it would no longer be faith. Yep. It's the same thing as you guys coming into the room. You see a chair. Boop. It's a chair. I sit down. You didn't even ask yourself a, quite, a second thought if I should sit on this chair. Is there a gum on a chair? Will the chair hold me up? None of that. You just sat down. Bam. That was what it was. 
right? So it wasn't really faith. You just knew this is a chair. It's structured so it can carry me up. Let me sit down. If God were to show himself to you right now, it would no longer be faith. It would just be like, okay, I see him. There it is. Man, not faith. It's just what it is. He's like a chair. And the crazy part about it is that God did show himself to people. He showed himself to the children of Israel. Jesus Christ came in the flesh, the Son of God, here on earth, walked among us, and you know what they did? They still didn't believe. They didn't believe to such a degree that God, Jesus Christ himself, gave a story, and he said, even if one were to raise from the dead, you still won't believe. He was talking about himself. Woo! And they still didn't believe. So even then, and let you know, that's not real faith. Yep. Right? He said, blessed are those who never even seen me. That's genuine faith. So what's going on here? Why can't we do things based on good works and things like that? If God left it to us through the law or personal efforts and good works, he would be leaving himself vulnerable to being controlled and ruled by his creation. Some of y'all missed that. The reason why God cannot allow us to, to, to be able to get into heaven based upon our free will, meaning the good works we do or don't do or keeping the law, is because of this. If God left it to us through the law or personal efforts and good works, he would be leaving himself vulnerable to be controlled and ruled by his creation. You see, so if God were to leave it to you and say, well, if you just be a good person, you'll be able to get in. If you could just keep the law of my commandments, you'll be able to get in. If it was based upon that, God would be then giving his control to us and say, now you rule me. See, because then now we'll have something against God over God's head. Hey, God, I kept your commandments. Now you have to let me in. Does that sound like a God who has all control? No. It sounds like his creation will then have more control over him. And yet they created not themselves. So the thing is, the reason why God does not use free will or the law in order to go to heaven is because he will then be giving up his control to us and we will now be telling God what to do and what not to do. God, I've been a good person. You have to let me in. You will be controlling God. See, but it doesn't work like that. You can't sit there and control God or say, God, I did enough. You need to let me in. I wasn't like Hitler. I wasn't like those who killed their babies in the womb. I wasn't like this person, that person. I didn't rape anybody. I was a good person. I went to work, raised my family. No, none of that matters in God's sight. And you need to know this. Because it's strictly by faith alone. And the question is, do you have real faith. Do you have it? Or are you relying upon your good works? Are you relying upon your good grades in school because you threw out the trash today and made your bed? Because you cleaned out the bathtub, I'm going to heaven? No. It's only by faith in Jesus Christ. And what is real faith? We're going to start getting into this message. That was just the introduction. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is confidence. Confidence, the definition of that is a feeling or consciousness of one's powers or of reliance on one's circumstance. Faith or belief that one will act in a right, proper, or effective way. The quality or state of being certain. It's a long definition, right? Sorry about that. Look it up later on. Confidence is what it is. So the thing is, it says, now faith is confidence and what we hope for. Faith gives us the confidence of that which we are hoping the Lord to do according to his word and promises. You see, the thing is, there was a time I had to get checked and God gave me a reality check when I was in prison, we saved my life. But I was sitting in 
millionaire for first degree attempt murder looking at 40 years at 85%. Who's good with man? Nobody? 40 years, 85% of 40 years. How many years would that be? Anybody? Looking up and down on your phone? Hi. 34 years I would have had to do. I would have still been locked up right now. See, that God came to you one day and he gave me a reality check and it was a faith check. And he says, is your faith real? Is it genuine? Is it truly in me based upon my word and what I told you? The word that I was holding on to was a word that came from my grandmother before you know, I was even saved, wasn't a Jesus for none of that. I was in solitary confinement because I was a game chief, got caught with two knives, a tattoo needle, and I sent a hit out on a white guy. No offense to white people. Love you white guys, white <laughs> girls. God bless you guys, right? White people here. We love them, right? I'm Puerto Rican. I look white. It's what it is. Love everybody, right? But this white person said, you know, sent a hit on this dude. He got beat up. He told the sheriff. They sent him to protective custody, right? True story. They came in. They beat me. I was bleeding all over my eye, my ear. Sent me, put me in a hole, right, for 28 days. While I'm in there for those 28 days, my grandmother, who's with Jesus now, she came to visit me. I went up there and changed, right here to change, dragged on the floor, sat in front of me, went there in front of me, she picked up the phone, she was crying. And she said, I came over here fasting and praying to tell you that if you gave your life to Jesus Christ, in the end, he said he would deliver you. She never gave me a time, never gave me a date. She just said, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, in the end, he would deliver you. I said, my goodness, she must be dying. Like, she's in worse position than me. I'm in chains, you know what I mean? So, I go back to the cell, when I, you know, chained up or whatever, get in my cell, I said, well, I'm going to try this religious thing, but do it for my grandmother, right? She's dying. That's what it is, right? So I went, tried it out, 28 days came, they put me in another uh, another tier, and they ended up putting me with somebody who was, like, legit my enemy, right? Like, this person was supposed to be dead, literally, and he was alive, standing in front of me. So he runs to go get a knife. Comes back, how many know? I forgot about my grandmother, her dying, Jesus, everybody, right? I'm like, I'm going back to the you know solitary confinement, made a soul cycle here to fight this dude. Long story short, he couldn't find me. And another long story short, I forgot about Jesus, my grandmother, everybody. She never came to visit me ever again after that. She gave me God's word and left. She didn't even stay for the whole interview. I mean the the the, the meeting, she just left right after that. Like straight prophet, bam, I'm gone. <laughs> so the thing is, I'm sitting there. And the, the word, I totally forgot about the word. Summertime comes, I hear God's voice, hallelujah, in my cell, right? I get saved that day, and God reminds me of that word. And he says, in the end, if you give your life to me, in the end, I will deliver you. I didn't know what the end was. As you guys know, I'm standing in front of you. This is me, Steve Ramos. How you doing, right? Three years later, God delivered me, right? Praise the Lord, hallelujah, right? So the thing is, I had a step on faith, and he came to me. Right? To check my faith to see if it was genuine. And the thing was, they continued to offer me all this time. It started to look really, really bad. I mean, I thought, like, I'm gone. This is what it is, right? This is what's going on. And I remember worrying about it so much. How many people, even though they claim to have faith, are worrying right now? Right? With a show of hands. You're worrying about what you, what's going to happen when you get home. You're worrying about what's going to happen this summer. You're worrying about a whole bunch of things right now, and yet you claim to have faith. See, and I started worrying about these things, and God came to me one day, and he said, what are you going to do? And right there and then, I was so tired, I just came back from court, they gave another continuance, it looked like it was not going to end, it was looking bad, I mean, it was, there was always bad news coming from my lawyer, 
Like, you're guilty, you're stupid, you call yourself, he was an atheist on top of that. God had mercy, right? Hated God, hated me because I love God, right? But that day came the reality check of my faith. And it was, what are you going to do? And right there and then, I had to make a stand in God. Was I going to believe in what God told me through my grandmother and through his word? Or was I just going to do what I got to do and claim I still have faith? In reality, my faith was not real. That day, I remember I got on my knees and I said, God, no matter what happens to me, I believe in your word. I believe you're able. I release this burden to you, God, to never deal with it again. And from that day on, my kids and I stand here today. I never experienced freedom, being in freedom at all in my life than when I was in jail. Now, I'm free now. Praise the Lord, right? But I'm talking about when I was locked up, I never experienced freedom the way I experienced freedom that day until this day. I was free. Front time, I'm free. It didn't matter if I was in jail. It didn't matter if they put me in a hole. I was free. And the reason why I was free was because that day I chose to have real faith in God. Yes, there was a confidence that came inside of me that said, no matter what, God, I believe and I have confidence through faith, God, that you're able to do that which you said you were going to do. And that's the confidence that God is saying if we have. Do we have real faith? Or is it fake faith because things don't look like what, like the, like what God was telling you it's supposed to be like? And that's the next one. It says, an assurance, to tell, assurance means to tell someone in a very strong and definite way that something will happen or that something is true about what we do not see. Faith gives us the assurance even though what we are having confidence in seems to look opposite of what we are hoping for. Giving assurance that God is still going to do what he said he will do even though it does not look like it. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says this. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What the writer of Hebrews was saying was that the world in which we live in was created not by what was seen Right? Meaning that it was already there, so I start creating things. No, it wasn't there. It was void, and God created something that was not seen with the naked eye. He started creating things, and things started coming about. Right? People call it evolution. That's a lie. It's called God Almighty. God. He's the creator of heaven and earth. There was black darkness, and God created light. The earth was formless. It was chaotic, and God created land and animals and water. He did these things. Why am I saying this? And what does it have to do with faith? See, first you have to deal with the fact of, in faith, having confidence in God that his word is true. That he created all things. That he sent Jesus Christ to die for us on the cross. And that he is the Savior. And that only through him can we be saved. We need to have confidence in that. And then the next one, it goes off into assurance. Assurance is telling somebody what God had told you. And that even though you don't see it, you still believe in it. See, God said he was going to deliver me, but he didn't say when. Three years later. Did I know it was going to be three years later? No, I did not. What I did know was that God spoke and I believed. There was a time where even Christians on that tier, in 2000, uh, it was 2001 in January, they made me the pastor on that day. Uh, the officer who was the minister came, she anointed me with oil, and she said, man, God wants you to be the pastor of this day. There was Christians on that day, when I when I, that is a tier where I was incarcerated at, there was Christians on that tier who would come and tell me, 
Why would they throw out the evidence? Why would they set you free? And they were like, man, Brother Ramos, they're not going to do that. And I said, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. But all I know is that when God says so, they're going to do it. How are they going to do it, though? Why would they do that? I don't know why. I don't care how. All I know is that God said it, and he's going to do it. You see, the problem is that when we have or choose to have faith in God, confidence is there. But then where's the insurance when things start looking like they're not supposed to be looking? When all of a sudden everything is good and you're skipping and stuff, you're blowing bubble gum and stuff, eating cotton candy, everything is lovely, beautiful day, birds are chirping, you think they're singing to you, there's all, all of a sudden there's like rainbows and everything is awesome. But then a storm comes and you're like, my goodness, it, it was supposed to be a good trip, like what's happening, right? And you start to doubt because things don't look like they used to look. It doesn't look like God is going to come through. It doesn't look like God is going to provide for you. It doesn't look like God is going to give you that job or God is going to deliver you or that God is going to work things out in your family for the good. It may not look like it, but does that mean that God is not able anymore? Does that mean that God is not going to do what he's supposed to do or said he was going to do? That's where the assurance comes from. And that's why the writer reminds us in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 that God formed the creation of this world when there was nothing. He created something. He's the only one that can take nothing and make something out of it. He's the only one that can do the, the, math, the, the mathematics and say, man, you know what? For me, nothing plus something equals something. Or I'm saying nothing plus nothing equals something. He's the only one that can do that. Because he did it in the beginning of the foundation. He's the only one who did it in my life. When things started looking rough, I remember when my lawyer came in. Last time he ever talked to me like face to face. And the guy said, God, you know, this dude, I want to fire this guy. And God was like, no, I said, God, he's an atheist. He's like your enemy. He's my enemy. You know what I mean? Like, let this guy go. Like, I get another Lord. Forget him, right? And God was like, no. No. And I'm like, okay, this, okay, God, what, which one which one to do? And I'm literally praying like this with God. I kid you not. Like, we keep it like this, right? What do you want me to do? Like, what am I supposed to do with this dude? I'm, I'm praying and praying and praying. One day I get up, 4 o'clock in the morning, they wake you up to go to court, get you ready, like, go through all this process, it's drama, right? Don't ever, go, don't ever go to jail, do not ever go to jail. So the thing is, right, you got to go through all this process, 4 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden I pray, just like I do every, every day, 4 o'clock in the morning when they get me up, I'm praying. God, I'm going to court, what would you have me to do? What do you want me to preach to your people? What you want me to do? What you want me to tell this crazy old dude when I talk to him today, this atheist lawyer that I got? And this day he told me, go tell that lawyer that in the end, even he's going to get saved. And I'm like, God, look, this dude's a, he's an atheist. This dude's a liar going to lie on me and tell me that I plead guilty or something, right? Like, this is nuts. So I said, God, I'm going to do it, though, right? So I go, and he comes, and he, sure enough, he comes, your God's not going to save you. You stupid idiot. You need to come out, take the time, just leave. And I'm like, no, God said I'm not going to do any time. I'm not doing any time. He said, in fact, God said, in the end, even you are going to get saved. He ran. He literally ran. God, he was gone. I'm like, well, that was the last time I talked to the dude. I'm not even lying. So I stand here. God's my witness. That was the last time I talked to the dude. After I told him, when God told me to tell him, he took off, book, ran. And the thing is, it started to look bad. Because now I was like, man, it, this is getting heated. Like, like, I can literally do this time. And the thing is, I had peace. I had freedom. I didn't care. I was like, God, if you didn't send me down to prison, God, I'm going to serve you down there. And Jesus, I'm a priest. Everybody named Mamas, right? I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. It's in your hands. But God, you said this, and I'm standing on your word. And see, the thing is, it started to look like it was not going to happen. 
And I remember sitting there, right? One day I'll tell you guys my four, I know I'll give you guys pieces of my testimony. One day I was sitting there, everything's going on. Let's say this is the chair, right? Just imagine with me, right? I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the testing came whether I have genuine faith. And I remember that the day before, I had got into the Word, and I read Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, and he says, I hold the king's heart in my hand, just like the rivers of water. I can turn them whatever way I want to. Hallelujah, right? Praise God that he has power, amen? So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, doing all these things, and they're talking, you know, I'm hearing tapes, it sounded horrible. It was like brains, it was just nasty, right? First time I was ever, like, really feeling guilty about doing a crime. I was a horrible kid, right? So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, you know what? People are pointing at me, it was him, it was him, you know, they showing all these diagrams and stuff. And I'm sitting there, and I remember the flesh kicked in. And it was like, my goodness, they're going to find me guilty. I remember I was thinking about that. And right there, I never said it, though. Right after that, I hear the Holy Spirit say, do not look to man for your deliverance, for I am your God. See, right there, for a second, it looked like all was going south. It didn't look the same, but that didn't change who God was. And what I'm trying to tell you guys is stand here today delivered because that day I confess God's word. And I said, God, I look to you as my deliverer. And right there, that just changed his tongue. And he said, the conclusion is, I squashed the rest with all the evidence. Mr. Ramos, you're free to go home. Right after that. That was God Almighty. Even though it looked like it was something that was not going to be what God had told me, God still came through, family. And see, right now, you guys are dealing with faith issues right now. God, do I have real faith? Lord, you said this, but it looks like this, God. It looks like you're not going to come through. And God is saying it doesn't matter how it looks like. It doesn't matter if the economy crashes. It doesn't matter if people forsake you. It doesn't matter if your parents leave you alone. I will adopt you. I will be with you. I don't draw off the worldly things. I am God. And everything is in my hands. And even though you may be tested and it may look like there's a storm and there is no sun that's ever going to come and penetrate this storm. God is saying, I am who I am. Will you believe, though? Will you have the assurance to tell that storm, yeah, you may be raining on me right now. Yeah, you may be doing this. It may look like I can't pay my bills. Yeah, it may look kind of tough right now. But oh, my God is faithful. Oh, that my God is a provider. According to the Bible, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. Oh, how God always comes through on time. That is the faith that God is looking for. That is real faith. But some of us claim to have real faith. But when a storm comes, it's written all over your face. You know God's word, and yet your heart is still broken, and you're still walking like this thing is greater than God. This, this, this issue right here is greater than God. I can't overcome sin. It's greater than God. No, it's not. God is greater. God is greater than all these things. And if you really have real faith, it will show in the way you live your life. It will show in the way you carry yourself. See, at that time I had freedom because I had real faith. Because I sought God out. Amen? It was real faith. And the question is, do you have real faith? Do you have real faith? And when something bad happens, all of a sudden you think, well, God, you're not sitting on the throne anymore. Somebody must have kicked you out. Because you're not doing your job. And God is like, dude, I'm still sitting right here. High and mighty. I sit high and low. I see everything. I'm able to do whatever I want to do according to my word. But you got, you know, we cannot forget these things. Moving on to the next one, right? Number two. I'm sorry, number three. 
What are the effects of faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, right? We're talking about... We're talking about Abel. It says, the Bible says, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. Righteous meaning in right standing with God. What are the effects of real faith? You would be in right standing with God Almighty. It would bring about righteousness. Righteousness, the righteousness in this in the Greek means right standing with God. So what happened with Abel when he stood on faith? He gave God the first fruits of his crops. God counted that as righteous. That was even before Abraham came. That was even before faith was considered anything. You know what I mean? He did it. He was Abel was the, the son of Adam and Eve. This is way in the beginning. Adam and Eve's son, Abel, and then there was Cain. Cain killed Abel. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't even read your Bible. That's a shame. Right? So the thing is, Abel and Cain, in faith, they said, God, I'm going to give you the first fruits. It all belongs to you. I'm giving you the first thing that I have. And God considered it righteous. The first effects of faith is righteousness, right standing with God. That is what it is. So the question is, do you have that kind of faith? Is your faith leading you to righteousness? Are you in right standing with God? Or are you still running from God? Are you still questioning God in your faith? Is God real? Am I his child or am I just some, some, some uh, stepchild or whatever? Questioning your faith. But the question is, what are the effects of faith? Can you see it in your life? Are you righteous? The next one, the next effect, according to these scriptures, Hebrews 11, 5, we're talking about, we're talking about Enoch here. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Faith, faith effect, another, sorry, another effect of faith is pleasing God. Do you have real faith? Are you living a life that pleases God? That is a question we need to ask ourselves. God, do I please you every day? See, Enoch was a man who walked with God every day. Literally, God will come down and he will walk with him, not in bodily form, but it was just like the Adam and Eve. He will come down and he will walk with Enoch according to the Old Testament. And everything that Enoch did, it pleased God. It pleased God so much that God literally took Enoch in bodily form, took him to heaven, never brought him back. To this day, or a long time now, right? But they never found Enoch. God literally took him according to the Bible. He took him. His faith was so much in God that it pleased God so much that God took him to heaven, literally. See, that's the kind of faith that God wants us to have. A faith that makes us a right standing with him, then a faith that pleases him by the way we live our life. Pleases him so much that he starts showing us great and awesome things. And for one person like this individual, literally takes him to heaven. Do you have real faith? And the next one, last one, is what fuels our faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, coming to God in faith, when it's saying there's a breakdown of it, it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must first believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What fuels our faith? Coming to God in faith and allowing God to reward you as you seek him. Romans 10, 17 in the New King James Version says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we could all stand up. See, some of us inside this room, when it comes down to fueling faith, 
We're on E. We're running on fumes, literally. And God is saying the reason why you're questioning your faith right now is because you're not coming to God. You're not seeking God. And the Bible says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. What does he reward you with? I believe one of that reward, one of that reward, that main reward, is the fact that he answers your prayers. You see, in a lot of us inside this room, God wants to answer prayers, but because we cannot wait on God and let God and make room for God to answer our prayer and do what he wants to do, he can't do it because we're too busy trying to do it ourselves. We say, God, like, for adults, like, God, I'm praying for this house, God. Lord, can I have this house? God, lead me to a house. All of a sudden, you go out, you see the first house you see. Bam, I'm buying it. God, thank you. That's your prayer. And all of a sudden, you're in debt, right? The plumbing is all jacked up. You try to use the washroom on the throne. All of a sudden, the whole toilet just fall. Bam, that's it. I mean, it's all jacked up. Everything is going south. You want God, what happened? You told me this. You told me that. And God's like, I never told you anything. You prayed. Never wait for an answer. You just ran off and did it. You thought because you prayed, my answer was automatically yes, and all of a long. God was like, no, I have a house for you, but you got to wait two years so you can gain some experience and some responsibility while you rent. And then after that, I was going to bless you with a, with, a, with a house. But instead, we went off and did my own thing. So at the end, we, we begin to become empty on our faith based upon our assumption that God doesn't answer our prayers. When God, in fact, does answer our prayer, we just don't allow him to do so. Can I have the band up here? So family, the question is, do you have real faith? Where are you at in your faith today? Are you seeking God? Are you, are you refueling your faith in God's presence? It says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Real faith comes when God goes up to you like Alyssa. He says, Alyssa, I got a plan for your life. I got a plan. All you need to do is seek my, seek my face. Keep going down this road right here that you're on. And I'm going to work all things out. And when she hears that, right, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. When she hears the word of God, her job now is to believe in that word no matter how it looks. No matter if it looks like it's not going to happen in the physical, but in the spiritual you know what's going to happen because you believe and have confidence and assurance in Jesus Christ that it's going to happen. Where are we at in our faith? Do we have real faith? Do we operate in it? Have you been struggling in your faith? Have the effects of faith taken root in your life? Are you walking in God's righteousness, pleasing God in the way you live your life with God? Do you need to refuel your faith by hearing and standing on God's word. See, I have my brother today. Can I use you, Ivan, as an example? Can you, Ivan? You guys know Ivan, right? Good dude. Wrong words, Isis. Isis, you know she's a good dude, right? So Ivan comes, can I share it? Ivan comes today. I said, brother, what's going on? You see, he was all sad. Downcasting and stuff, you know, like he wanted to cry. And I said, Ivan, what's going on, man? You want to talk? Oh, man, it's just family issues, you know? And I said, brother, do you believe in God? He said, yes. I said, you believe God is greater than what's going on at your home? He said, yes. So I'm like, why don't you look like him? 
He just stood there. And I said, Ivan, let's confess in faith that God is greater than what's going on at your home. Woo! Hallelujah. And he began to pray and he began to confess. And I believe at that time he began to understand what real faith is. Right? Am I right or wrong? We pray. And he stood there. And he said, the thing is, right? You can stay out here, man. The thing is, he came in and asked, brother, you believe? Just like I asked you guys. You believe? Yes, I believe. I believe. I have faith in God. I have faith in God. Everybody raise your hand. But then when something like this happens at your home, and things ain't looking too good, do you really believe? Or as you're reading all over your face, you come in here, your head is down. Somebody asks you, do you believe? You say, yeah, I believe. But yet the actions of your faith are not exhibited through your life. And you can tell wow. that that was not real faith. Yes. But after we prayed, even though he's still, he's still going through his sin, I believe that he got a realization, man, that I need real faith. See, because real, it's easy to have faith when everything is going good. When everything is awesome, right? We're on roller coaster going to Great America, right? We got the season pass. We're doing big things, right? Walk slides and stuff. Everything is good. But then all of a sudden, on the way back this way, you get into a car accident. You got no insurance. Somebody gets hurt. And all of a sudden, your faith is tested. Is God still real? Is God still good? All these questions come up. Is God able? But see, genuine faith will stand forth and say, man, yeah, I got into this accident. Yeah, this happened. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, I had trauma at home. But I believe that God is greater than all this stuff. Amen. And see, if you truly believe it, it will show forth in your walk. People will be able to see it. People will know it. They will know it so much that they will come up to you and say, brother, I don't know what you have, but I want what you have. I want what you have. Because no matter what you go through, you smile, you have joy, and God gets you through it. Exactly what you stood on, exactly the scriptures you told me, God does it. My brother told me that one day. He said, I've been watching you for like 10 years, waiting for you to fall, waiting for you to mess up and walk away from God and start gaming again. I've been waiting 10 years, and it never happened. And then he said, I begin to ask and wonder, how does he keep a smile on his face? How is he so joyous and yet he's going through so much pain and trauma? How does he do it? And one day when he asked me that, he realized it's because my faith was not in myself. It was on God's word. It is in God. That no matter what happened in the outside, my inside was still dedicated to Jesus Christ. Yes. That no matter what circumstance I went through, it didn't make a difference. Lock me up. Beat me up. Cut my arm off. It don't make a difference. My God is able. My God is real. And I have the joy of the Lord inside of me. Yes. Hallelujah. That is real faith, my Yes. Do you have real faith today? Are you willing to be a hero of faith? Because it doesn't stop in Hebrews chapter 11. Will you be a hero of faith in this generation at your schools? Because God wants to use somebody that's willing to have faith that no matter how it looks on the outside, no matter what happens in your life, God, you're real, you're able, and I believe you can do all things. He wants to use those people in your high school. He wants to use you in your, in your community. He wants to use you in your house. And all he's 
asking is, do you have real faith? Amen. Is your faith real? And if it's not real, let me make it real. Let me show you who I am. That is what God is saying. Give me a chance to show you that I'm God. And all you have, all you need is a seed, a mustard seed of faith that comes up here and stands here and that says, God, I mean, I believe all outstanding and huge, but God, I believe, small as a mustard seed, that you're real and that you can do all things, God. And Lord, do it in my life. Do it in my life. That is what God is asking right now. With every eye is closed. Every, every head down. When you need that person, I don't care if you're backslidden or whatever, you're in Brian's position, it'll make a difference. God is able. God is greater than drug addiction. Yes. God is greater than violence. He's greater than gang He's greater than what's going on in Chicago. He's greater than what's going on in your home, in your schools. He's greater than pornography. Yes. He's greater than sexual violence. Yes. God is greater than what you would you believe it today? Come and say, God, I believe after wearing my life. That is the prayer today. Will you be that one? Will you be the one to answer the call and say, Jesus, I believe. Do it in me. Do it in me. Will you be that one? If you are that one, we'll show my hands. Raise your hand. Will you be that one to say, God? I don't believe everything, God. I struggle with it, but God, I believe enough to know that you're real, God. And that you can do it in my life, and God, I'm asking, help my unbelief, God. Work in my life, God. Will you be that person? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. And those with your hand raised, I would say, come. Come to this front, and let's pray together. Don't be scared now. Step out in faith, no matter how it looks. No matter what people are looking at you, none of that matters. Come up here and say, God, I'm that one guy. Use me. Use me, Lord. I want real faith. I don't want that bootleg faith. I want real faith. Real faith. And no matter what happens, God, I trust in you, God. Because we serve a real God. A real God. We ain't serving Barney. We ain't serving no fake God. We're serving a real God, the creator of heaven and earth. That is God. Father, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I cry out, God. Lord, I pray for this generation, God, have mercy. This perverse generation, God. But Lord, no matter how perverse it is, God, I believe you're greater, God. You're greater than all this craziness in Chicago, God. You're greater than all this violence. You're greater, Lord God, than addiction. You're greater, God, than perversion. You're greater, God. You're greater, Jesus. And I pray right now, God. Lord, that you would fill us up with faith, God, in the name of Jesus. You said it's impossible to please you without faith, and God, give us faith. The little faith we do have, God, raise it up, refuel it, God, make it bigger, God, as we seek you, Lord God, as we pray to you, as we read your word, God, as we keep coming to elevate, God, and we keep allowing you to make our faith grow, and we keep allowing you to speak to us and answer our prayers, God. I pray, Father, for myself right now, God, and I ask that 
believe God. And the Lord, you will strengthen me, God. Send the Lord within me. Start with me, God. Forgive me of all my sins. Have mercy on me, God. And Lord, come into me, God. Use me, God. Let me be the vessel of faith that you use, God. To show the world that you're real. To show the world that you answer prayer. To show the world that you're greater, God. You're greater, Jesus. And Lord, I pray, Lord, right now for my family here, God. I pray for every youth, God, every adult, every leader. Everybody ever struggling with God, I pray for all of them, God. Start with us, God. Start with our faith, God. Make it bigger, make it real, God. And no matter what happens, God, I charge right now, make a declaration, God. And no matter what happens, God, I'm a devil leave And I would always believe, God, in your word, that you're able, God. Use me, God, so all of us can see that you're real and that you're active, God. Answering prayer, doing all things, oh God. Even with a little spare, you're still answering prayers. Happy way, God. Be real with the lives that are represented here, God. No longer walking in doubt. No longer walking in fear. No longer walking in sin, God. But walking in the righteousness of God, walking in the light that pleases God, just like Abel did, just like Enoch did, that Enoch did, God, have your way in our life, God. In Jesus' name. And God, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's why I ask you a question. If those of you that haven't received Jesus Christ in your life by real faith, I'm talking about real faith. That God did what he said he did in Jesus Christ. That he is the Messiah. That he is the Son of God. That he is who he said he is. He died on the cross for our sins. He resurrected the third day to give us life. Do you believe in that? Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus. So those of you who have not received and believed with real faith, raise your hand you first. Those of you who did not and have not received Jesus Christ, I want to offer you Jesus Christ, real Jesus, with real faith right now. I see one hand. Is anybody else? I see another hand here. I see another hand here. I see another hand there. Is there anybody else? Do you believe? And if you've fallen away and said, man, I've been doubting, God forgive me, be my Lord and Savior, and God come back into my heart, I would say raise your hand. I see a hand there. 